right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Teardown. My name is Jeff Buck, along with my coworker Jordan Bianchi, and somebody else very special because we are on Martinsville Pit Road with one of the members of the Final Four. It is Ryan Blaney, first-time Championship Four participant and Martinsville winner. Ryan, how are you doing? Yeah, uh, doing well right now. So, yeah, fun day, fun night, you know, good weekend, and uh, cool to finally get it done here at Martinsville where I feel like we've had a good shot to win a few here and, and uh, obviously a huge stage to do it, right? I mean, go perform like we did today and this weekend um, was, was massive. So proud of the whole group. They deserve it, and um, it's nice that we have a shot next week. So I would say that the narrative has been, man, tell you what, if Ryan Blaney can make it to Phoenix, watch out. <laughs> this guy, he's finished there. Uh, two, back-to-back runner-up finishes, two uh, fourth-place finishes, I think, before that. So uh, you got to feel pretty good about uh, next week, I would think. Yeah, I mean, it's been a good track for our group um, in the past. You know, we had a great run there in the fall last year, um, great run there in the spring this year. Uh, so I've always said, like, it's, it's good to – you know, fall back and and be confident at these places you run well at, but you can't like fully rely on that. Things change. You have to be willing to adapt and and do things that you've learned throughout the year to get better. And I think our group does a really good job at that. So it's yeah, it's nice to go back to a place we run good at, but you can't put all your chips in that basket. You still have to to do the work and work hard, and and that's what this group does. Two part question: One, did you know coming in that you had the best average finish out of any active driver? No one else. No, not yeah, not Hamlin, not Truex. You had the best average finish here than anyone else. I, I saw it online. Yeah, I didn't know that before. I was yeah. scrolling through Twitter. I saw it. Okay, and that. so the, the follow up to that is, you know, you're, you're overdue here. Like you haven't won a race. Did you feel coming in like at, at some point things were going to go your way and like the, you're knocking on the door and eventually going to kick the thing down? You hope so. You know, you, you hope. You know, and I, like I said, I feel like we've given like two or three away here. Just, just. Not necessarily all of them have been us giving them away. It's just things just not going your way, right? And things go someone else's way, and, you know, you just don't get the job done. And, and it's nice that it finally kind of went our way. And, and I've always said, like, just keep running towards the front at these places, and eventually things are going to go your way, you know, you at least you hope. So, um, yeah, I, just, I love this place. You know, I, I, I hated it my rookie year in 15, my part-time year. I hated it in 16. In the fall race of 17, it something just clicked and it's like oh i kind of understand how to run this place i understand what i need from my race car and now this place is awesome but like the first few years i hated this place and uh it's funny how things kind of click like that to drivers once you have one good race you can kind of build off of it but no it's finally cool i've wanted every grandfather clock ever since i was a little kid coming here watching dad race and it's nice to finally get one i feel like we spent probably a lot of wasted breath Jordan uh, uh, this year talking about how Ford was so off and <laughs> Ford just not going to be a factor and it was like we overlooked all you guys even after the Coke 600 win it's like ah I don't know and you know it's like w- which of the other guys are going to step up and and we sort of overlooked that with this car you can make gains and and it's not just one team's gonna, just going to come out all year and that's just gonna be the dominant team it comes and goes and right now it just seems like you guys have just absolutely killed it this round it's all about peaking at the right time, you know. I mean, it's this, this sport is that way, you know, of just teams finding little things. And, and it's not one big thing anymore with this car. You know, with this car, it's it's like three, four, five little tiny things that add up, right, that get you speed. And that takes a long time to try to find because there's not a lot to find on this thing. So um, just a lot of, lot of hard work by all our group um, to, to find these little things throughout the year because the summer was rough for us. I mean, once we won the 600 – it was a rough two or three months for our group and 
Um, but no one got down about it. We all just figured out, okay, we, we need to be better and where are our weakest areas and let's work on them. And they figured it out. And it's, it's a, it's a cool to be a part of a group like that, that doesn't get pouty or down, you know, oh, we're not running good. They just go to work they figure it out. And that's a group you want to drive for. So proud of, proud of that effort. Um, so like I said, just pick it at the right time. And we've done a hell of a job the last three weeks to do that. Hopefully we can continue it. You mentioned during your winner's press conference uh, about Joey Logano, your teammate, and how you kind of been able to pick his brain a little bit. It's kind of what to expect and how to navigate this. I wonder if you can kind of elaborate on that and kind of the little things that he's kind of helped you with. I think, I mean, personally, I think Joey's one of the most, like, underrated drivers of this era. You know, I mean, the things he's done in the years he's been around has been amazing. He has a two-time champion, won tons of races. He's always in the mix. Um, I feel like he doesn't like get that respect a lot, um, but he's amazing, and it's awesome to have him as a teammate um, because you you know I pick his brain about some stuff, right? And he, drivers don't relay everything, but like just trying to understand, and even not picking his brain, but just kind of seeing what he's like and seeing how he approaches the weekend. You know, you, you kind of take things from other drivers that you're around of what they do good, right? Can you can you apply it to yourself? I think I've been able to learn from him, obviously. And, and he and I talk a lot. You know, I mean, he and I are great teammates. We help each other out. Um, we want to be successful for the company, for Roger. And that requires the drivers to be interactive with each other. And I think we do a really good job at that. So, um, yeah, just learning from him. You know, one of the one of the greats of this era, obviously, has, has been beneficial to me. Honestly, getting to learn from Brad, you know, when he was at Penske too, was amazing. Um, so I just had a lot of great guys that I've been able to kind of, kind of leech off of, of like getting information and like applying it to yourself. That's just what that's just what you do to better yourself. Before we let you go, I got to ask about your younger sister, Aaron. Uh, William Byron called you his brother-in-law uh, in his post-race interview. Did uh, he propose? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe he's hitting well, something there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, you know, obviously they've been dating for a while. What a, what a weird situation for her to be in. I mean, she's got, you know, two, two chances, I guess, to be happy. Uh, I, I don't know. What, what do you think that situation is going to be like for her at Phoenix? Yeah, it's, it's an odd situation. Um, yeah, I mean, I love William. William's awesome. Uh, he's a good guy. Obviously, you know, he's great to my sister. And, um, you know, it's fun to race with William. Um, I think he's one of the cleanest guys out there and one of a, a great racer. But... Yeah, I think she's going to be very conflicted, um, very conflicted. And I don't – if she wears a 24 shirt, I'm not going to get upset. If she wears a 12 shirt, whatever. Whatever she wants to do is fine with me. Just It's a cool situation for her. But, yeah, I think she's going to be, like, split-minded. I think you need to, like – she needs to sew two together. Yeah, the, 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 you seen like AJ like the, AJ Hawk does that. Yeah, it's, Hawk or the Kelsey's, Kelsey's mom. Kelsey's yeah, mom, yeah, 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 yeah. In the Super Bowl yeah. last year, yeah. I think she might need to do that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, just yeah, that's a cool kind of concept to have. And um, she thanked me in victory lane. She said, thank you for the not letting the 11 win because Byron would have been out if the 11 <laughs> yeah. won the race. So she's like, thank you for winning that race. <laughs> so it, was, it was funny. That's amazing. Well, uh, thank you very much for joining us. We'll see a lot more of you um, in a few days in Phoenix awesome. and enjoy this one. All right. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right, everybody. We're back in the media center after talking to Ryan Blaney. Appreciate him joining us and for Team Penske allowing that to happen. It's nice to uh, have had drivers the last couple weeks here on the podcast and as well as uh, Denny Hamlin after the Bristol win. So that's that's been a fun little uh, yeah. little thing to do. 
after the races. So I mean, it's a bonus. Do you think they have like added incentive to win the race? Forget the championship four. It's like, hey, we get to be a guest in the teardown. I would think so. Mm, boy, it's like Martinsville clock, final four appearance, teardown, money. <laughs> but yeah, I get five minutes on the teardown. Wow, sounds like a winning what a combination to me. Um, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, so we now know the Final Four, Jordan. We do. Uh, obviously, Ryan Blaney is uh, among them, and we already knew that Christopher Bell and Kyle Larson would be in there, um, but we didn't know how it would all shake out, and it turned out that William Byron, who we thought was probably the safest, kind of <laughs> overlooked the whole... We're like, oh, yeah, that, that, nothing He's to worry fine. about 30 points, yeah. not a big deal. But He's the lock, and then the other spot will but come But there was always... And I was talking to NBC Sports' Dustin Long about this. The one thing about it, and there, yes, there was the 30 points, but the caveat to all of that was if somebody... If he had a day that went sideways, and if a Hamlin or Truex jumped up and got a bunch of stage points or even won the race... You kind of got to look at not the 30 number. You got to look at the 20 number. And that was the 20 points between him and, and Blaney today. And Blaney quickly jumped him into the standings. And then it became a different ballgame. What I find really interesting as well is the four coming into this race are the in, the in the championship four are the four leaving here. So really everything that happened over those 500 laps was inconsequential. We didn't even need to be here today. <laughs> Well, it's interesting because I thought the the big threat. I was talking about this with pe- people that tweet up this morning. I thought the big threat was okay, if like you said, if there's a Truex or uh, a Hamlin that wins, then all of a sudden it's between Blaney and Byron. But that's not what it turned out to be because um, it turned out to be between uh, Byron and Hamlin. So you know that was really you know Byron had a 37 point lead mm-hmm. over Hamlin and Truex coming into it. Truex would have been up there with them. But mm-hmm. he takes himself out with the speeding penalty. What a playoff. Another disastrous playoff moment for, for him. But you can look at it and say, I mean, and we could talk about Denny. We could talk about Truex, all this stuff. Ultimately, the fastest car won today. Yes. The fastest car came here. You know, we, we've overlooked Ford all year. And, and they have had their struggles. But when it has mattered the most, as we talked with, with Ryan about, um, they have stepped it up. They have delivered. Second and, year in a row, they did that too in the playoff. Yeah, we, for we, sure. I mean, his, his the Logano playoff run and Blaney's playoff run have a lot of similarities. Absolutely. And if I was the competition, I would be very scared of Ryan Blaney going to Phoenix. 100%. And I did this thing on The Athletic going into round three. Talked to a bunch of people in the garage, you know, kind of anonymously. What do you think, you know, how do you assess our strengths weaknesses? Multiple people said, if Blaney gets to Phoenix, look out. Like, he is the favorite. And I think... Yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to dismiss Larson. I still think he's the favorite. But Blaney going to Phoenix and winning wouldn't shock me at all. Like, he was probably better than Joey Logano there last year. He played the wingman role very, very well and deferred to his teammate. He finished second there in the spring. He is so good there. It's not an intermediate racetrack. And we talk a lot about the deficiencies of Ford. It's not on the super speedways. And short tracks, you know, can be kind of ever flow. You don't know, right? Um, and it... But they can they, they've been better on these other the other racetracks. And so it's that it's not on an intermediate racetrack, I think gives it evens that out a little bit more. And Penske again, second straight year, they figure this out in the playoffs and they and they put it all Paul forward. And and for Blaney, th- this was huge. Like this is we how many times have we talked about in this podcast, you know, over the years of too many mistakes in the playoffs, self-destruct, you know, shoots, you know, shoots himself in the foot, loses races he should otherwise win. And they have really largely been flawless. They haven't really committed killer mistakes. They've executed, and it's not often in Ryan's career 
where he has had a fast car and delivered the results like consistently and he's doing that now it's like he, he's really kind of made that leap that we've been waiting for yeah i mean look i mean you remember the whole controversy earlier in the year when kyle petty goes on the nbc podcast says hey he's, he's like another casey kane and people got upset about that but i thought that was a pretty valid comparison in a lot of ways but now you really look at what Blaney's done. He has elevated himself to another level, in my view. He is 100%. He is taking that next step mentally. He's taken that next step with his aggressiveness, putting together good races. Um, and I, I and the reason I brought up Truex earlier is because I even with that speeding penalty, I don't think it matters what Truex runs second or third. Yeah, he didn't have the same speed as the the twelve and the eleven today. Like he was. Well, I don't think the eleven had the same speed as the twelve. No, but I think. The difference there, Denny was willing to do whatever it took. Like, if it became a late race situation. I mean, you're saying if they got another caution. Yeah, another caution. I mean, Denny was going to put the bumper to whoever, right? I, I don't know if Truex would have done that because that's not who Truex is. And that's not how Truex raced. Maybe but Blaney would have given it back based on. Maybe Blaney would have given a chance. But if he had the opportunity, though. But you don't know. I mean, you don't know if you get. If, well, if, if there's if, a late race restart and those two on the front row, they're slamming doors. They're yeah, not, but it, it's it, not just like. Hamlin's moving Blaney out of the way, and Blaney's like, "Oh well." No, but you know? it, no. My point is though, if if he moves Hamlin, uh, or if Hamlin moves Blaney, Hamlin uh, Blaney may lose multiple spots. He may not be able to get back to the to yeah. the eleven. So you don't know. And I, I thought you made a really good point. You, you talked about Blaney's edge, and I think that is something that we saw today. Like he is a very clean driver. He's not somebody who gets caught up in this stuff. He was on the chip today in, in a good way. Like he was patient and patient, but then you get to that point, and like he moved the 23 out of the way. And there was a couple other cars too. Like he was aggressive and he kind of really was more assertive today than we've ever seen. He, and it would have been really easy for him when he was racing Denny Hamlin there in that middle part of the race to say, well, let the 11 go. I'm going to run second. I'm in a good spot, but he didn't because he understood the bigger picture and he raced hard. He raced aggressive, but he raced it kind of in a collect in a, in a smart way. If that makes sense. I think there's something really satisfying to watching these young drivers come in and you see, you, you know, like it, and, and Blaney and Byron are very similar mm -hmm. in this way where you know, it's like they get a win here and there. And, and you think, well, maybe they could, there's some potential there, but I'm, I'm not sure what it is. They, have, you know, they don't seem to be there yet. They don't seem to take that next step. And you're like, huh, okay. And then you watch them develop. And, and a lot of that comes through setbacks, mm -hmm. right? Like the Blaney's mistakes, like he's talked about. Okay. Well, how did he react to that? He didn't get in his head and say, I'm a guy who always makes mistakes. I'm just always going to make mistakes. I'm always going to choke something away. He said, okay, how can I fix that? Right. And now you see the benefits of that Byron, right? Like he was, you know, people were like, ah, eh, this guy, this, he's a kid. Like he, he's not, is he, does he really have the mentality for this? The whole, when he was paired with canals and mm -hmm. stuff like, yeah, he's, is, does he have the toughness, the mental toughness? And we've seen time and again with Byron this year where he, he stays in the race. You know, mm -hmm. he, he has the maturity to, to be level-headed and not no get ranting on the raving, no, no ranting, not, you no. Know, so many drivers yeah. lose it and it spirals their day. It's full of f bombs and this and that, and it's like they're just they're down the hill. And I think Kyle Larson's another guy to throw in that list. And and you so you see them develop, and you say, wow, because once they get that level, there's no going back. You don't if you achieve that level of, of mentality in in sports. And again, I think it's it's not easy. Not everybody, ever, some people never get there, right? It's, it's the difference between being very good and great. Yeah. And, and Byron was a perfect example of that today as well, because he said that he was so his, his helmet, he couldn't get his helmet cooled 
And he said it was basically hot air, like a hairdryer, like blowing in mm. on, into him all day. And he said he's never had a race like this in his cup career where he was so physically exhausted. Like like he was he was in a bad place where he thought he was going to pass out those final 50 laps. Like he, there was, he said his vision was being affected. And instead of being like, and he said, you know, he's never wanted to pull in so much to, and just park it. Right. And he, he fell out of the seat essentially, but he said, I, I can, I'm, I'm not going to, I, I, I refuse. I'm not going to let my team down. I'm going to keep driving until I pass out. If that's what it takes. Um, and he's struggling. They had their worst race, the playoffs mm-hmm. by far. I mean, they hadn't, they hadn't finished outside the top 15, since August 7th in Michigan. And he hung in there and was basically like, I refuse to quit. I refuse to let this get to me. And that is another, you know, again, like, would, would you think that the 18 year old William Byron would have been capable of that? I, I don't, I'm not, I don't think so. I mean, that's, that is a, that is a serious level of commitment. Um, and just like, I am not going to let this go. And so again, I think just, just like with Blaney, you're seeing these breakout moments for these guys and we all sort of collectively get to watch them, you know, grow and mature together and, and turn into these, into these stars. It's a good point. And I guess I throw Kyle Larson on there too. Cause for a long time, Kyle Larson was kind of like that. When is Kyle going to take that next step, take that next step. And then he finally did. And now we look at him. Right. And it feels like Byron is going to do that. We've been waiting for Blaney to do that. And, and he's finally bell to an extent, bell to an extent as well. Um, and there's and, your final four, by the and way, there's your final four and the young, young guys too. It makes me feel very old. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they can continue to do off of this, but it does feel like that dam is broke. You know, like, you know, for a long time it was when was William Byron going to win a race? Then it's when is William Byron going to win multiple races in a year? When is he going to make a deep playoff run? And it just keeps building. And then Blaney, it's been like, he's gotten to this round. This is his fifth time, I believe. Hmm. And every, you know, multiple times it's like, he, he should be there. He should be there. And he hasn't been able to do it. And he's really come into his own. And it's going to be interesting to see what they can continue to do that. But it does feel like once you get over that hump, there is no going the other way. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's also this sort of heralds the arrival of the next generation in a lot of ways, because here's a year where Kevin Harvick is retiring. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the two of the favorites going into it were guys um, who were in their early 40s, mm-hmm. uh, Martin Truex Jr. and Denny Hamlin. And they end up not making it. So not only is one of them not going to win the championship, but they're not even in the final four. We, we, we know that a young guy, I think Larson is 31. Um, and he's the oldest of the final four. Mm-hmm. William Byron is still only 25. If you can believe that, I mean, <laughs> that is, he's been racing full-time in cups since 2018. I mean, it is unbelievable how, how much William Byron has accomplished at his age already. And you know, it's, uh, it's sort of like, you know, there, there was a while there where, NASCAR was hyping up the, all the young guys. I remember, remember that. that, you oh, know, yeah. and the Kyle Bushes of the world are like, I, you know, why are they marketing these guys? They, they I, haven't won anything. I, I was the one who asked Kyle that question. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's sort of like, it's taken a while for all yeah. that. I mean, Chase Elliott won a championship. Larson won a championship, stuff like that. But, but it took, I mean, again, but Elliott's a good point though, too. Elliott was 2016 rookie of the year and he didn't win a race until 2018. And the narrative on Chase was what? Chokes finishes second all time can always you know late race scenarios can never close out but again once he got over that hump then you know all bets are off until i guess this year yeah i mean you you have to you know you have to run up front enough you have to it's one thing to have fast cars but you have to figure out what to do with them it's almost like you have to figure out you find a way not to lose like you you have to you have to go through the, all the ways to lose races 
yeah, I think that's I think that's very true. So now here we are left with a, a very young Final Four. I think the uh, the Doctor Deandra who does the mm-hmm. sports for yeah. um, NBC um, does some some pieces for them. I think she said on on X that this is the youngest uh, championship four ever, which is not surprising because there's always been some sort of a veteran. Yeah, I mean, well, Hamlet. I mean, I'm not trying to call Hamlin old, but I mean, like, well, Hamlet, he's one of the older guys. Yeah, Harvick, yeah, Hamlin, Hamlin Truex, Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch. Yeah, I mean, those are the guys that you. We've seen a lot of. Yeah, yeah. So, um, sort of the uh, the the new era is here, and, and we'll see what happens next week. Um, I mean, is it? I don't know. If you want to say this already in the podcast, but do you want to give your championship pick? Are you ready to uh, to say who you think will win it all? I think the the twenty four team has been good, but they haven't had the same level of speed these past few weeks and they've they've managed to to grind it out and get decent finishes that's great but i don't think that's going to work at phoenix uh, you can't be just good you've got to be great you're gonna have to go there and win the race i i like the 20 a lot I, he was my pick at the beginning of the year i i could see him winning it but i the five and the, the 12 their track record at this racetrack to me um i, I think is going to be the difference uh larson to me, consistently, body of work has been better, and you know what you're going to get out of that team. They really don't have off weeks. You know, you know they're going to show up fast. So at the end of the day, I think it's going to be Larson. I do think Blaney's going to be in the mix, and again, I wouldn't be shocked if he leaves with the championship. I'm going with Blaney. Um, I think it's it's the hot hand right now, and Hendrick's performance overall today um, as a group on on the short track. And again, is this the same as Phoenix's track? No. But there's some elements that are similar, and it concerned me to see, like, I mean, Byron was so far off. And after the race, he said, you know, how, you know, it was sort of like explaining how, how they got so far off. And he said, we relied a lot on our, our simulator stuff, mm-hmm. and it didn't work. It didn't match up at all. We, we went heavy on that and thought that was going to work. So he basically said back to the drawing board in some senses. And he said, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out and, and all this stuff. But that was – sort of raised some alarm bells to me like well wait a minute now like if you think that you're going to go to to phoenix um and you know what what are you going to do to get prepared like you know it seems like simulators have, have been a pretty big thing now um larson said this week by the way that he doesn't get on the sim at all and, and there's two things you know there's there's sim sessions and actually driving the simulator but i don't know i mean to me I, i'm like this was essentially a short track and and I didn't see the performance that I would expect out of Hendrick. So I'm going to go Blaney uh, wins it based on his, his Phoenix history uh, as we discussed with him. And then bell would be second. And then the Hendrick cars after that. Now, obviously it's weird to pick against those guys. Um, those were the only two guys I had in my final four bell and Blaney. I didn't have, but I just don't feel super amazing at this moment about how they're going to go to Phoenix. So We'll see. I mean, I could be totally wrong, but just I'm just basing it off of off of this in this short term moment. It feels like Blaney kind of has a hot hand, and the hot hands have carried through before. We have seen that happen. Logano is a perfect example of that. If you kind of heating up and you ride it, you look back to the spring race. Guess who won that race? William Byron. Mm-hmm. And the five, I believe, led the most laps in that race or thereabouts. And like it was a late caution, and, and it got jumbled there at the end. So, I mean, you know, who knows? There might be some carryover. There may not be. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, it's also going to be interesting to see, 
you know, both Bell and Blaney have entire organizations behind them. I, you know, I don't know if that really means anything in the grand scheme, but I always find it interesting of, you know, you, you do have teammates and you have to kind of spread the resources and the attention on things. And there, I think there is something to be said, and we have seen it. Blaney kind of touched on it, like how Logano fell out of the playoffs and Logano has been right there for him and answering questions and helping him. And I think – you could argue maybe you saw that a little bit today with the 22 of being a really good teammate, you know, and there, there, there's something to be said for that. I mean, you bring up Byron's success at Phoenix um, or Hendrick's success overall there earlier this year, but they also won this Martinsville race they did. earlier this year. And it, you can see how quickly it changes. So I don't know. It'll be, it'll be fascinating to see. Um, and certainly an interesting dynamic for the final four, not, not the uh, final four that, I bet many people would have had, no. um, you know, before the season or even before the, the playoffs. Exactly. Now, I, I will say, I think you got three correct. Is that right? I'd have to look. I mean, well, you I, had Bell. Well, I've had so many variations. Of oh, okay. <laughs> At the beginning of the year, preseason pick, I, I had Bell as my champion. Mm-hmm. Um, I have often. But you a- also, for Daytona, I know we at, when we made our picks, I think I mean, you had Bell in the final four over Denny. Um, if you say I do, I'm going to ride it. So, yeah, I yeah. look like a genius. But obviously, neither of us had Blaney. I, I think no, that's been the, I, and you know. I'm I'm somebody who's I feel like I've picked Blaney a lot over the years. Like I keep waiting for that breakthrough, and every year, I, you know, it's like it doesn't happen. So this was the year. I'm like not doing it this year, not doing it this year, and of course, he does it. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the race itself because there was a lot of uh, I don't know if trepidation is the right word about whether this would be a good race. I mean, the short track packages haven't been, um, you know, satisfying. Um, and you know, I think there was a lot of concern that, Hey, this isn't, this isn't going to be great. Um, you know what? I think actually, before we do this, we're just going to have to go ahead and and give our (laughs) guesses because Jordan here, here's the situation folks. Okay. Let's just back up for a second here. Jordan, uh, you know, I screwed myself last week by getting a little bit too over enthusiastic on the poll and going too high for Homestead. Now I'm in the situation where. Uh, if Jordan wins this poll, it's over. You clinch. You mm-hmm. clinch the championship mm-hmm. with a correct guess. Now, Jordan is going full sketch mode. His, his, Jordan is doing the kind of stuff that you that, that NASCAR would warn people not to do in the pre-race driver's meeting. He has already informed me that he went up to Denny Hamlin after the race and <laughs> asked Denny what he thinks is the poll number and they had a discussion about it and he won't tell me the number and he says that's not cheating denny by the way if you're listening thanks a lot for helping him out um why why is doing my homework doing that's not doing the homework asking people what they think of the race and what they think gathering feedback okay well anyway you have this and then i was trying to see what you thought of the race afterwards <laughs> and you pretended that you did not hear me and it was you loud even, outside there's a lot going on you wouldn't even acknowledge my question i ignore you all so the time. that means that if we have a discussion right now about whether it was a good race i'm not going to get any straight answers from you you're not going to so we might as well just if we're going to have an honest discussion about what we thought of the racing um we might as well say our guesses first and then we can actually talk about what we really thought of the race so um Jordan, you have to go first, and uh, all, all I can do is try to point one percent you, either way, and and try to stay in this, uh, stay alive for Phoenix. Otherwise, I'm wearing some leisure suit that Jordan will have purchased for a Daytona 500 next year. And be by the way, sad. 
if you do vote for me for to win this race, let me campaign for a minute. Um, if you do vote for me to win this race poll, which would be great, you will then, the listener, have the option of helping me decide Jeff Gluck's outfit for Daytona. We will put together a list of options, and we together we will all vote, and the winner of the vote will then be the outfit that Jeff wears for Daytona. So, again, don't vote for necessarily. If you just want to see Jeff in some outfit, that probably will. Okay, listen, more, more people typically, 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 more people vote in the poll than listen to our podcast. So that's not true. Yeah. That's well, that's that's not good. Okay, well, th- you're not going to be able to sway you're not going to be able to sway people. Well, maybe you are. I don't know. I'm I don't think convincing. you're going to have enough numbers. Uh, okay. Every sure, not every little sure, bit. You helps. can campaign, you can ask Danny Hammond what he thinks, you can text your friends on your f- broken Android phone and you know, go ahead. I mean, you, just just make your guess. <sighs> this is really hard. I was talking to people to tear down to uh, the, the tweet up today. I, spending time with our listeners, Jeff. That's you know that's what we do with the tweet up. And kind of we're gauging, we're talking about this, and we all kind of thought, yeah, yeah. Kind of going in, you, you felt excitement, and you know that you figured the last 40, 50 laps of this race was going to be the typical Martinsville playoff craziness. And I'm like, it's probably going to be in the high, in mid to high 80s. Maybe depending on who wins the race and how it unfolds, I could even see it flipping into 90. So, okay, I was kind of went into this mindset of I'm going to pay, I'm going to go 86, 87. I don't think that now having watched this race and unfolded, um, I think people are going to go a little bit the other direction and I'm going to go 75. Oh, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you guessed that high. Yes, that's unbelievable. There's no way this race is going to be that high. Yeah, and I, you... No freaking way. I completely I, baited you into that. No, you didn't. Well, De- I should have listened to Denny. What did Denny say? 55. Yeah, that's what I was, I was going to say. This race is going to be in the 50s or 60s. Why would you think this race is going to be 75? No freaking way. Oh, gosh, thank goodness I'm still going to be alive after this week. Oh my gosh. All right. Anyway, yeah, I'm going uh, 74.9. So thank you. Oh my gosh. Whoever told, talked you into that at the tweet up, uh, let me know. I will send you money. Oh goodness. 75%. I hate this game. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh, this is, this has just made my day. Wow. Unbelievable. So wait, so did you really think it was a good race? I mean, yes and no. Like, the finish felt anticlimactic. Like I think we just have this expectation because we saw it in twenty one. We've seen it. We've seen it so many years here. You you know, and so it didn't have that, for lack of a better term, chaos factor. Right? It was a pretty straightforward race, but I didn't. I wasn't offended by it. Like this played out like a lot of people have this misconception about Martinsville. Like it played out like a lot of Martinsville's that which is. Two or three guys establish themselves. They at front. They lead a bunch of laps. Um, you know, was passing easy? No, but we did see guys make moves. Blaney made moves. Truex came through the field. Like it, I wasn't offended by it. I mean, it's not the race we're going to remember unless you're a Ryan Blaney or a Ryan Blaney fan. I don't think you're going to really remember this race. But I wasn't. I wasn't turned off by it. Now it didn't have that that moment at the end, and it would be interesting if you got we had gotten a caution it's like 50 to go and you know that that's just going to set up caution 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 how 
that would have changed the perception of this race. But I do think at the end of the day, people are going to probably remember it and be like, you know, it, it was what it was. But I, I wasn't turned off by it. Like this was a, this was a short track race. It wasn't horrible by any means. I mean, this was the best short track race I think. I don't think I'm going out on a limb here by saying I can't this. Believe I said 75. This is the best short track race the next gen era. Is that fair? I'm hard. I mean, I'd have to think about it, but I'd be hard pressed to think another one. Right I mean, now, there hasn't there. been a Richmond that's better than this in my view. And there hasn't been a Bristol. No. Um, yeah, you're probably right. I, I don't yeah. think. Right. I yeah. Mean, I mean, it, it, this was, this was a good race. Um, and it was way better than the Martinsville spring race. And, um, the Martinsville last year, uh, I mean, short of the hail melon, the hail melon thing was, was great, but, um, and very exciting. But, um, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I think this was, this was, this was a good, uh, a big, this felt like a step in the right direction. You know, they had a tire who oh, you were, you look so sad. I'm pissed. I'm just pissed. <laughs> this is stupid 75. I like a do over. Can we just record, like stop, just do it over? No, we're live streaming for people are live streaming this. There's a, there's people listening right now. They're not, they're not going to forget. Um, anyway, um, you know, the, the tire did seem to lay down more rubber, did that widen down the track. Um, I, I don't know. I would like to um, see more tire wear, though, because I did. Yeah, think well, it, I thought it was indicative and I got notes here. Um, there was a caution in stage one. That first caution was like uh, lap. What was something right after lap 100? Right. And all the leaders stayed out, you know, in years past, you know, pre next gen car, you'd get kind of a jumbled up. You get some guys who would pit. And other guys who stay out, but you, but tire wear mattered. And the guys who pitted, you could see them come up through. And it was like, it was almost like a, I won't say no brainer decision, but it was like, we're staying out. And I think if you, because there wasn't, it didn't feel like there was a lot more tire. We needed more tire wear. And I think that would have been the difference today. We, you, that would really would have changed the complexion of this. Well, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but on that last pit stop to, uh, to go for that run, where, where, I mean, what it went 167 laps something like green that, to yeah. the end yep. or something. Um, there was some no tire calls. Yep. There right? was, there was like quite a few guys that took no tires. They and, took fuel only. And then there was two tires. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that all worked. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, how many laps were on some of those tires at, by the end of the race? Yeah. And so, and, so really quick. So not only did, uh, right after the hundred, hundred lap mark, uh, if only none of the leaders pitted, right. They didn't even pit at the stage break then, hmm. which is, which is wild because you don't see is that, that, right? That's what I, I have my notes. Yeah. Oh. And I mean, I, I didn't see the leaders do that. And so that was, that to me is indicative. Like you just, there's no tire wear. Like you need, that's what you need to kind of differentiate things a little bit, especially over a long run like that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's obviously a work in progress. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought it was going to be, I guess my expectations, I, I thought it was gonna be a worse race. So I guess I'm sort of, no, I mean again, I, you know, yeah, like I, it wasn't. This wasn't much different than we've seen from Martinsville's in the past. Like, you know, I, I just think they, this race, this race particularly, gets a reputation for being crazy because the last fifty laps are a gong show. Well, and and you know, when you look at the point situation, you're looking at the entire race. It, it definitely keeps it interesting. It keeps it compelling because like, oh, this person's out now. This person's in. Oh, this person needs to do this. Uh oh, this person's falling back. The the gap shrinking. So you don't really paying attention as much to what is actually going on in terms of the actual racing. No, in and you're, you're seeing a guy like, let's use William Byron for example today. And you're right. Is maybe Ryan Blaney's running away with things, but 
TV is focused on, and, and we're watching ourselves, we're watching uh, William Byron at that moment, you know, running 18th, fighting through traffic, trying to survive. Yeah. And I think that changes the perception a little bit. Instead of watching the leader just pass, car, you know, run a lapse, we're watching, no, this guy's fighting tooth and nail and, you know, getting sideways and everything else. So you're seeing the, you're seeing more impact battles than you probably do most weeks. Well, and, and, you know, you and I, we we both said to each other late in the uh, late in the going there, probably with forty ish to go. I said this race needs a caution. Yeah. And and you know, had this race gotten that sort of late caution, where you stack up everything, you reset everything, you say, okay, here's a situation, here's the points, here's who has to win, and you have that kind of moment where you're like, oh boy, here it goes, here it comes, like mm-hmm. this is gonna get crazy. Um, you yeah. know, but ultimately, like the guy that one didn't need to win. So that wasn't like a walk-off thing. I mean, it was great for him. He wanted yeah. to win, but he Blaney with, with what he did in the first two stages, which was excellent, by the way, he was fantastic. Um, that and really Hamlin was too, though, because Hamlin and Hamlin, but Ham- Hamlin couldn't afford for Blaney to do what he did. Blaney no. basically locked himself in, not locked himself in, but put him in a really good spot. Right. Cause at, at that point they told him after stage two, all you got to do is beat Byron, who was having a bad day. It didn't matter what anybody else did at that point. As long as Blaney was going to be ahead, he had erased that gap. Yeah. And, you know, so then it, it, then it was just coming down to... So so that, you know, I think that long of a run to end it, a guy, you know, it, did, it wasn't really like the drama up front. Um, and, and Danny being in a position where he couldn't gain... Even if he had gotten to second, he wasn't going to have enough points on Byron because Byron had moved up enough. So it was just like, well... As long as Byron doesn't get caught up in some wreck here or something, which I guess now that we hear that he was almost passing out in the car was maybe more realistic than than we think. But um, you look so sad. Still. I'm pissed. I'm just mad. That was me after I overestimated Homestead. And, just mad so. at myself. Oh, and, well, you know, but you're right. I could be wrong, though, by the way, that. I, I could be overdoing it and think, and everybody puts this in the seventies, and I think, whoops! It doesn't matter. You did the cheap prices, right thing. So whatever. Yeah, but in the high seventies. So are you going to buy votes? Don't buy votes. Can I do that? How do we do that? Hey, <sighs> FYI, if you're listening to this or watching this, can you shoot me a note on how to buy votes? Thank you. All right, I'm going to be watching the poll like a hawk tomorrow to make sure there's no funny no, business. People, I'm going to be taking screenshots no, no, every are 10 ex- minutes. If people are excited for the poll because they want to see you in some outfit. You were going to ruin the poll. The poll almost went away last year when people did this. So don't don't uh, don't mess with the poll or else it's, it's not going to be legit. Not that it's, I mean. You're like, gonna, let me know how we can do this. We'll figure out a way to do it discreetly. And just enough. I don't appreciate this. <laughs> uh, anyway, speaking of things that people didn't appreciate, um, Richard Childress Racing. Um, would you like to talk about the Xfinity Series race? How much money would you pay to be a fly on the wall of their competition meeting this week? Oh, I don't think. I don't think. I mean, they just is, tell they tell Sheldon Creed like, is he even going to be in the meeting? No. Yeah, that's what I. Does this key card work on Monday? I. I now that said, okay. I I still don't I'm not understanding why I don't think there is an explanation maybe there is I don't think there's an explanation for why Sheldon Creed is is getting the brunt of this here aside from him leaving and Austin Hill's the one staying because if you are going to if you're going to race somebody for a final four spot at Martinsville at a short track he he did that about as cleanly and fairly yes he moved him a couple times but 
He, he didn't dump him. He no, didn't turn him. He, he, he did it in a way where it was like, hey, I'm going to move you for this spot and I'm going to get position on you, but I'm moving you so that we can still race it out. I'm still giving you a chance to finish second and I'm still giving you a chance to, to win if, if we want to race it out. You could make an argument if you're looking at this and it would never happen. Austin Hill should have like almost stepped back from this and said, I'm going to let Sheldon Creed win and I'm going to settle for second because then we both would have advanced. Okay, so that is what I initially thought. And in fact, tweeted that, hey, what, you know, big picture here. They both would have made it. However, new evidence was presented to me. Uh, actually, it was Freddie Kraft that brought it to my attention. Shout out, Freddie. If you go back and look at the final lap uh, through turns three and four, before the whole wreck thing, Custer at that moment had got up to sixth. And if you look at the NBC, uh, you know, the, the ticker, when it, you know, because their thing's changes on the lap yeah hill was actually one point out in turns three and four so i because i thought okay, hey well. like why why would you why you know that this is you know that somebody need to be telling him you don't even need to do this just i know you want to win but man like you're you're gonna be you're gonna be fine they couldn't really have said that and he wouldn't have been fine apparently it had now there was a big clump of cars there you know, I, I it was. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I, I don't it, know. It's, it, like, there, it's really easy. There could have another been the, a wreck. The third, the third place car, and I don't know who that would have been. All guy, maybe at that moment or whoever it was, they could have just as easy moved hill too. So I mean, it's easy to say, yeah, you can move over for your teammate. You could work together. Never happens. It never works out how you want to, and something always goes wrong. I'm with you though. Like, you have to expect in that move, you're going to get. There's going to be contact, and you. There's a couple ways to do it. You can bump the guy, like we've seen before here. Or you can kind of slide them up the racetrack, and that was the best way to do it, and probably the most fair way to do it too. Um, it just you know, it didn't work out. It's unfortunate. If Creed wins that race, it'd be interesting to see the reaction because then RCR would have gotten at least one car in the championship four. Whereas now, I think they would zero. have been mad at him either way. I think that well, Creed was just going to be well. There's underlining, you know, frustration. And, and then look, else. you know, the the Creed Hill thing goes back to I mean, you know, the, that moment at Bristol that was not. Not great for for Creed and Creed owned that and yeah. Creed has owned it and he you know he's admitted that, but you know I just think that I don't know it it you know whenever somebody's leaving it we've seen it with RCR where they they don't they don't take kindly uh, to people on their way out I mean there was the whole Reddick thing and the, yeah. the, the timing could not possibly be worse uh, if I recall correctly when when Harvick announced a year early that he was leaving right yeah um that that well then they had the run in here at martinsville with the austin and ty are on the racetrack one of the two dylan's and it got ugly there and so yeah i mean there's there's some hurt feelings and creed was very candid about that post-race last night you know and like hey he i'm kind of paraphrasing here but he feels like hill's kind of the favorite son like hill gets the brakes they put all the emphasis on on hill and not him and it's he definitely feels like he's kind of been even before he was announcing his decision, if, if he kind of sort of, again, I'm paraphrasing, felt like, you know, there's a favorite child here and it's not me. And that sounds like it factored into the decision. Well, I just don't, you know, I, I, I end up feeling bad for him because then when, when Richard Childress tells Dustin Long, you know, I've had a lot of people drive for me, but, um, you know, this guy's the stupidest yeah, that's unfair. Um, that's, driver I've ever that's had. I mean, John West Townley drove for Richard Childress, so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, you're not touching that one. I'm not going down that road at all. I mean, I, the John Lewis Tomley is, for a lot of reasons, on the racetrack and off the racetrack. Not very smart. Let's just leave it at that. 
Okay. I think that's the best way to say that. All right. Well, uh, anyway, so um, <laughs> I just think, you know, I don't, I don't know. That's, Look, we, we as, as we sit here Sunday night, we haven't heard anything to the contrary, but does Creed race that race next week? Does, does RC pull him out of the car? Are they that mad? Does he finish out the season with them? I don't think so. I mean, it did. You don't cro- think? I, I, I think I think Creed is in the car next oh, okay. week. I, I think it crossed my mind, you know, kind of yesterday a little bit, and I kind of had a general conversation with a couple of people about it. But the negativity that would bring, the blowback it would bring, um, that would be such a bad. I, I, I think you oh you end up going. I don't really think. I don't really think people are siding with Hill or Creed in this. They just kind of, it is what it is. But if you do that, you probably are going to lose the PR game a little bit. And what's the point? There's one week left. Like, right. Just write it out. You, this is going to die down by midweek. I mean, well, and the, not to mention the fact that he didn't do anything. I don't, I don't think he did anything wrong. Well, now, there's that people too. People think and that Hill, he break checked Hill. Yeah. And Hill, I think Hill's tweet was a little bit indicative of that too. He said the break check thing. I, I, I to me, that spoke of a driver who saw the tape obviously, and probably realized kind of what we talked about. Like, okay, it wasn't like he, you know, he could have, he could have dumped me and he didn't. Yeah. Hill, Hill sort of tweeted afterwards, like, Hey, I'm actually not mad at, I understand why he moved me, but he brake checked me and that. So let's talk about the brake check thing because, um, I received some SMT data that showed that, um, you know, Creed did tap the brakes, um, or there's some brake traces in, turn four basically uh when he suddenly slows down he had said that he kind of got in the oil there um you know because the track there was a lot of oil on the track and then there was also sort of like a explanation of you know a lot of people on uh who posted on x thought that well the way he came into the corner because hill doored him and he you know came had a really shallow entry so the only way he was going to make the corner was to, to hit the brakes there now since i tweeted that um about like the SMT data, uh, then a, a lot of people, you know, I thank you for people in the industry that point this out to me and, and uh, educate me on these kind of things. So the Xfinity series doesn't have, as we knew this part, they, they don't have the actual SMT data. They have theirs is based on GPS because they don't have the thing in their car that supplies the exact, the actual brake and throttle traces. So theirs is a GPS, you know, uh, and it, it, it's assuming what is the lap time. So, but I had asked somebody, well, but does that mean if, if there's a brake trace on the SMT data, does that mean actual brake or could that just mean it slowed down and the computer thought, well, he slowed down, so he must hit the brake. I was told first that no, that that is actual brake. And then I got told by two more people, no, that that could be that they're, they're assuming that that was brake because he slowed down so much. So it is possible that he could have potentially slipped up there or whatever. He did. See, it did seem like he slowed down. Um, but you hear other people think that, Hey, he, he did try to get on the brakes a little bit there because he was trying to get a bump from Hill from behind. He thought Hill was behind him. So if he gets a bump there, if he kind of parks in the corner and gets a bump, he goes straight off and he didn't realize that Algar was going to be coming to the inside. And then Algar was able to sneak there and they drag race the line. And he loses. But, um, so I don't really think we have a definitive, uh, explanation on whether he brake checked, but that's the, that, that is literally the only thing that I could even pick at. Because again, if you were going to say, how is the best way for your teammate to race you at Martinsville on the last lap for a final four spot? 
I would think that that is totally fair and that is it. And he didn't do anything that, you know, the, the Ty Gibbs situation that we were sitting in the same room screaming about it last year. Um, so, you know, I, I, I just don't find any fault with it. My big thing is you shouldn't tweet before you have all your facts. You tweet and then gather all the facts. Well, I'm giving you, you know, that. no, that's, uh, I, I, um, <laughs> very emotional Twitter. I, well, I, I don't want to, you know, have it wrong for sure. I'm giving um, you a hard time by the way, but I think that my, uh, my basically what I was trying to say about, Hey, Creed didn't, yeah. you know, um, didn't, wasn't at fault here. Uh, didn't deserve this kind of thing was my point. Um, if I didn't say that well enough or, you know, clear no, but you're right. I mean, it's like, I, he's got to do, he's got to race for the win. And at some point you do have to separate the fact that that is my teammate and you have to kind of separate it and say, I got to do what's best for me and my guys on this car. And, you know, I, I can't worry about hurt feelings and what's going to happen on Monday. And Creed handled it, to your point, hand, handled it as well as he could in that situation. He could have been a lot more ruthless, a lot more cutthroat, and he didn't. Who's your pick to win the Xfinity Series championship? John Hernimacek. And why is that? He's been fast all year. They've had a lot of speed. They, they do a really good job of executing. They need to make sure they get through qualifying, though. Like that has been their their bugaboo the last few weeks. They they haven't they've they've had issues and they've had to start in the back and then come back. A lot of speed in that race car. He's got experience in this in this kind of race. Uh, I think John Hunter is gonna really. I, I think he's gonna go there with a team that has got a lot of experience and good in these situations and, and get that series championship. I am going to pick um, Justin Algaier. Mm. Basically, I haven't you know I haven't I haven't had a chance to go through it yet. Um, and, and look at everything, uh, look at all the numbers, but I just feel like I associate, uh, Justin Algar with being really good at Phoenix mm-hmm. and the, the momentum that he got from, from making it, uh, sure. uh again with the sort of the hot hand thing what about Sam Mayer, um, Sam Mayer. Yeah. I mean, hot hand. Yeah. But certainly didn't have a clean race, uh, you know, the other night. So, yeah. Sorry. I'm dying know. over here. Oh, sorry. I'm choking on my bed pick on the yeah. pole. Yeah, that is a choke. It'll be interesting. Um, um, how about the truck series? What do you, what are you thinking there? <sighs> I, and again, I haven't looked at this either. I'm just kind of winging it, but I mean, your hot hand theory would mean Kosovo, right? Like just, yeah, he really seemed like he's been coming into his own though today. He had a, did you see what he did? The 54? Yeah. Was that intentional? That looked very, he swerved. I mean, I'm not, I, the in-car camera I saw or the, from the trailing car that he did the, turn right thing like mm. that's thought he was done with that yeah Earnhardt said this or Dale Jr. said the same thing on the, the podcast because they are on the on the broadcast they oh. talked about that of like hey maybe it was Burton but somebody on that NBC broadcast talked about that of like hey he we thought he had gotten over that like this was a flashback to kind of his previous form of those moments and their point was you can't be doing that at the cup series because you're going to get it handed to you in a hurry and so it was an interesting thing you know I'm going to give him a mulligan on this one. It's Martinsville. He's a rookie. They struggle here. Bad days. It's frustrating. You know, I don't know anything that preceded it, but it was not a great look. On the truck series side, though, he has done a really, really good job. It doesn't matter where they race. They've had a lot of speed. They've executed. He isn't making mistakes. And it just feels like since the all of the issues, really back going back to the spring here when it really kind of hit the, the bottom point, um, he has really been a different driver. So I, I do like him, but don't overlook Corey Heim. I, it's really easy to do that because he's not a flashy guy. He's not somebody that does these things. 
guy just goes out and knocks out good, strong finishes on a weekly basis. Yeah, I was going to pick Heim just because I feel like they're just going to be strong and, and fast. And, and you don't, like you said, you don't hear like a ton about him. There's not like a lot of hype, a lot of flash, um, but they just sort of get it done. Yeah. Now, I, w- I also wouldn't mind a Ben Rhodes uh, championship press conference again, by the way. <laughs> I'm uh, all for that. All I would for that. definitely stay very late Friday night to hear drunk Ben Rhodes. Yeah, I uh, fully encourage this. I mean, that was one of the most fun things ever. Absolutely. A few years ago, so. It was so much fun. Um, anyway, well, we will uh, we'll both be in Phoenix. Is there anything you, else you want to talk about Martinsville before we, we yeah. head out? Uh, solid crowd today. This is great. Really awesome. good crowd. Really good crowd. Really good great crowd. Great weather. Um, I, they had to hold, I think they had to hold the parking lots for an hour afterwards, like like Bristol does. Well, because they out of so the parking people. lot last night for the Xfinity Series race. Yeah. I, we, I left after, you know, I left not right away. And it was, it was a, there was a line to get out. And that's great to see. And I... I this is, you know, we feel like we talk about this a lot, but this was, this race and this spot on the schedule, like, it's a home run. Like, yes. it's so good. I mean, the only other track you could even think about having this spot would be Bristol. Um, but and this is probably the hottest Martinsville yeah. race ever? Yeah, I, yeah, probably. It's got to I mean, be. It's not. It's got to be close. This is just an awesome race. There's an energy and an intensity, and there's, like, an unpredictability walking into this race on race day of, like, what's going to happen? What are you going to see? It's not really different than kind of like a super speedway feeling, but without the, all the other stuff that goes along with super speedway racing. We did get a listener question from Scott Clark about how many hot dogs did each of you eat. Did you have Zero. any this weekend? Zero. I didn't have any this weekend. No, I stay away from I'm fat, man. I'm trying to lose weight. Well, I'll be honest. I mean, there's not really a lot of bathroom options here at Martinsville. Um, I would not want to mess with that. That hot dog. I mean, look, it's all everybody. Oh, the hot dogs. Oh, you got to have the hot dogs. Have you seen this thing? Yeah, it's like I it's mean, good. They're good. They're good. They got the little onion relish thing on there. That's good stuff. They're not the right color. The they're meat fine. is not the right That's color. Fine. They're cooked. They're fine. Okay. Anyway, um, I get that they're, you know, but if you're going to do that, you need to have a bathroom option in my opinion. Okay, and there's not many bathroom options. Jordan hates when I talk about bathroom oh, stuff. He disgusting. hates, what do you hate worse? Small children, Christmas, or when I talk about bathroom things. Can I just I hate them all equally? Equally? Like, I hate all three equally. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that doesn't really help me in terms of picking what I need to troll you with, but... <laughs> Um, all right. No, hate all three equally. Uh, I don't find the hot dogs, but I had zero hot dogs this weekend. Yeah. I did, When's the last I, time you had one? Mm, long time ago. Long time ago. Anyway, uh, some some better dining options at Phoenix. Yeah, it should be good. They got some good stuff there in the infield. and. Yeah, I like Phoenix. Good crowd. Uh, done a really good job with that championship race and really identity identity within the city. You show up there and it does feel like... There's a, there's a championship in town. It's yeah, but cool. not this now week. Now it's going to be, yeah, yeah it's going to be the World, the World Series. Series there this week. Yeah. But, um, hey, by the way, if anybody has some cheap World Series tickets they're looking to unload, uh, I'll, I'll buy them off you because uh, Jordan yeah. says he takes friends to the ball game. Uh, <laughs> I got to work Wednesday night, man. I'm sorry. What? I got to write. You're already, we don't even have the tickets yet. I, and, I, and you asked me before. and I, and I and I, you said yes. I said, if I got World Series tickets for I, Wednesday well, night, I, uh, then I would said, you go? You like to go to the ball game with friends. You said last week on the podcast. But I, also, well, I said on the podcast, but then you asked me in the week about World Series. And I'm like, I got to write. Like, I've got a feature due on for Thursday. I'm sorry. I've got a job to do and work becomes. If work. anybody else wants me to take me to the World Series. There's probably um, somebody out there that would. What? There's probably somebody out there that would. 
I mean, I'm not saying I can pay the $600 is the current get-in price. I, I can't do that. But uh, if somebody has affordable tickets, um, you know, let me know because Jordan's not going to go with me. Apparently. No, I got to work. One of us has to work. You know, it doesn't take that long to write a story. Actually, it really does. It does. No, it actually you write does it by it. Wednesday. Today's no, Sunday. No, because I've got I've got a thing I got to write off for this race, and then I've got a Harvick story for Tuesday that I got to I got to finish. Jordan's gonna have a lot of coverage this week, apparently. So yeah, well, congrats again, to Jordan. Some of us is, some of us are working. Congrats you to Jordan. Go hang out at a baseball game. That's okay, great. I'm well, gonna be, I will be grinding away. All right, everybody. I'm getting out. I'm just I'm done with this. I can I can do one more week. All right. Well, uh, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time on the Teardown. See you, everybody. See you.